Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. We meet again. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. There it is again. I'm grateful. I am truly grateful for our fellowship, our joining together. So grateful. So grateful. Yes. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. That's what uh, inspiration came So uh, we're going to be looking at the clarification of terms and what the Holy Spirit uh, is in uh, according to the clarification of terms. So let's begin with our hand on our heart and partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. I can honestly say my name is Jennifer Hadley and I love to pray. I do. And I love teaching about prayer, talking about prayer, the power of prayer. So powerful. So grateful for the power of prayer. That we have this tool that we can use to connect, to commune, and to change our lives. I I truly attribute prayer to being the linchpin of my my changes in my life. So grateful. So we take this breath of love and gratitude, hand on my heart. We're partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit. We are grateful to open ourselves to a true knowing of the Holy Spirit, a true communion with the Holy Spirit, remembering our true nature and our true identity as perfect love, that we are entitled to miracles, that it is our nature to be miracle-minded. And so we're grateful to allow ourselves to fully know, recognize, and remember the truth that sets us free, sharing the benefits with all we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So I'll start off with, uh, as I've said many times, I call that higher self or the I am presence. I really love the I am presence, but I call the Holy Spirit the higher Holy Spirit self because that is my understanding and knowing of it. And I say it that way, too, because so many Course in Miracles students... Oh, I just had a hummingbird looking in the window. I've got two hummingbird feeders this year, so I am on it with the hummingbirds. Um, A lot of people call the Holy Spirit, or the way they speak about the Holy Spirit, it sounds like they believe or feel that the Holy Spirit is separate from them. And so let's look at what Jesus gives us in the clarification of terms from uh, A Course in Miracles. Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, whom he called 
down upon the earth after he ascended into heaven or became completely identified with the Christ, the Son of God, as he created him. Okay, let's unpack that sentence. So, first, uh, as is described in the New Testament, in the um, Gospels, Jesus, after he uh, was crucified, went into the tomb where he experienced transfiguration, a rebirth, if you will. Uh, he, he rolled away the stone. He walked around for, I think, a couple of days and then uh, said hello to everybody and basically said, I told you so. I told you. I told you we are not a body. I told you we're eternal. And he then uh, ascended in a big show of, we could call a light show. Uh, So that's my understanding of it. So he's saying in here that Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, whom he called down upon the earth after he ascended into heaven, or became completely identified with the Christ the Son of God, as he created him. So, many people ask, what is the Son of God? Explain that. It's the Christ. It's the Christ. And uh, the Christ, the Son of God, created by God. So, Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, And the Holy Spirit, uh, it says here, Jesus called down upon the earth after he ascended into heaven. So Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit after he ascended to, to heaven. The Holy Spirit, being a creation of the one creator, creating with him, and in his likeness. So the Holy Spirit being a creation of God, creating with God and in God's likeness or spirit, is eternal and has never changed. The Holy Spirit is eternal and has never changed because the Holy Spirit was created by God. He was called down upon the earth in the sense that it is it was now possible to accept him and hear his voice. His is the voice for God and has therefore taken form. This form is not his reality, which God alone knows along with Christ, his real son who is part of him. So... The Holy Spirit is the voice for God. And the voice, you could say, that we that comes to us in the form of thoughts, the form of sounds, all of that, that's the form that the Holy Spirit takes. Called down upon the earth in the sense that it was now possible to accept him and hear his voice. His is the voice for God and has therefore taken form. 
this form is not his reality. Just you can see how much really the Holy Spirit is like us. We're created by God as part of God, part of the Christ, part of the Son of God. So the Christ is God's real Son who is part of him. We are of the Christ, of the Son of God. We're part of God. And so we're like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, paragraph two now, the Holy Spirit is described throughout the Course as giving us the answer to the separation and bringing the plan of the atonement to us, establishing our particular part in it and showing us exactly what it is. The Holy Spirit has established Jesus as the leader in carrying out his plan since he was the first to complete his own part perfectly. Jesus carried out his plan, uh, the Holy Spirit's plan, and he could, his Jesus' plan he carried out perfectly. So what we can also perhaps derive from that is that the crucifixion was a perfect part of the plan. I believe that it was because what Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I take from that, I have come to teach you about eternal life and to, so that you know that you are not a body. You are not born to die. The Holy Spirit has established Jesus as the leader in carrying out his plan since he was the first to complete his own plan part perfectly. All power in heaven and earth is therefore given him, and he will share it with you when you have completed yours. Okay, so we have our particular part in the atonement. And the all power in heaven and earth will be shared with us when we carry out our part of the atonement. The atonement principle was given to the Holy Spirit long before Jesus set it in motion. So remember, the atonement is that full acceptance, the remembering that we are one, all is one, there is no separation. Paragraph 3. The Holy Spirit is described as the remaining communication link between God and His separated sons. In order to fulfill this special function, the Holy Spirit has assumed a dual function. He knows because he is part of God. He perceives because he was sent to save humanity. He is the great correction principle, the bringer of true perception, the inherent power of the vision of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the light in which the forgiven world is perceived, in which the face of Christ alone is seen. The Holy Spirit never forgets the Creator or God's creation. 
The Holy Spirit never forgets the Son of God. The Holy Spirit never forgets you. And the Holy Spirit brings the love of your Father to you in an eternal shining that will never be obliterated because God has put it there. So the Holy Spirit is in full and complete service to us at all times. And we are following the plan of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we can actually simply, as part of our prayer work, simply say, Holy Spirit, today I align with your plan. Today I'm interested only in your plan. I am not interested in any other kind of plan. I am interested in, in fact, in um, Masterful Living, we were talking about a healed mind does not plan. What does that actually mean? And so a healed mind does not plan is really, we don't have attachments to the plan. We're not, if we're planning, we're always in the future. So, for instance, as I've said many times, I have lots of plans. I've got lots and lots of plans. Uh, I, I, so many plans, so many detailed plans. But the thing is, I'm not attached to them. Uh, at least I hope not. I intend not to be attached to them. Even like this wonderful Camino trip in the fall, if something happens and I cannot go or we cannot go, we'll figure it out. As of now, we're fully planning on it, and there's no reason why we wouldn't go. We have enough people to go. We have the resources to go, everything. But nobody planned on a pandemic who was planning to go in 2020. So that's the thing is things will change in the world of form. You let go of that uh, plan. Don't let it bother you that plans change. Right? That's what it means to not be attached. You're unbotherable. Things in the world are always going to be changing. When we know that the Holy Spirit is in charge of all the plans, then we can be in that place of holding our plans loosely and lightly. And it's a great way to... to shift from ego identity to spiritual identity. Because when we're aligned with spirit, we're always interested in the highest and best. And when we're interested in the highest and best, we can see that things are going to change. Things will be revealed. And now we can see, oh, that's not a good time to do that. Oh, those are not the people I'd like to do that with. We can see, oh, now it's going to be better for me to do this instead. Oh, now I'd like to spend time with these people instead. It, 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 things bring new light, new insight, new information. And so if we're clinging to the plan, we can't change the plan, then we're in ego. 
I, I remember when I read Gandhi's um, autobiography a long time ago, when I was in college, I think, or right out of college. And in there, uh, yeah, I think I was living in New York then. Anyway, <clears throat> I read his biography, autobiography, and he, there was a, a, an experience he had in there where he was doing a press conference. And at the press conference, people said, hey, you changed your mind about these things. And he said, well, what kind of a leader would I be if when I had new information, I didn't change my mind about things? New information makes it clear that there are better choices, different choices that will serve us better. So I'd be a poor leader if I stuck to the past decisions, even when I have new information that tells me there are better choices. So that was such a great teaching for me. I thought, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So uh, a healed mind does not have attachments to the plan. Going on here, paragraph four, the Holy Spirit abides in the part of your mind that is part of the Christ mind. He represents yourself and your creator. Now, I'm going to take this opportunity to say, I don't think of the Holy Spirit as a he. Uh, To me, the Holy Spirit feels more feminine than masculine, but uh, to me, the Holy Spirit is not a she either. It's not a he or a she. But here in this book, the Holy Spirit is a he, and God is a he, and God's and humanity is a he. It's all masculine. And I, I don't really need to fight against that, but many times I'll replace the he with God or the he with the Holy Spirit and to just get some of those uh, pronouns out of there. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit represents yourself and your Creator who are one. The Holy Spirit speaks for God and also for you, being joined with both. And therefore, it is the Holy Spirit who proves that you and God and the Holy Spirit are one. The Holy Spirit seems to be a voice, for in that form, he speaks God's word to you. The Holy Spirit seems to be a guide through a far country, for you need that form of help. He seems to be whatever meets the needs you think you have. But he is not deceived when you perceive yourself entrapped in needs you do not have. It is from these the Holy Spirit would deliver you. It is from these the Holy Spirit would make you safe. So this makes me think of, okay, uh, we think of I need do nothing. We think all of our needs are met in God, these expressions about needs. We often think we need things that we don't actually need. 
And I have come to see that everything I need will be provided to me. I've seen it particularly in things like um, a home. So in 2014, as I'm sure I talked about in this podcast at the time, I moved out of my apartment in L.A. where I had lived for 22 years and I took to the road. I thought I was at first moving to England, but then it took me a while to find a home there. I found the home, and after I was there for a few months, Spirit very clearly said, pack up your things and go. And I just... On one sense, I could say, I wish I had listened more clearly because I couldn't believe I wasn't going to go back there. So I put things in storage. I'd made such an effort to furnish this house. I went to the Goodwill, you know, the charity shops, like every day looking for things I could afford to furnish the place I rented. And um, I put so much effort into it. And... I thought it was going to be there for years. And then after just a few months, get up and go. And it was clear, get up and go. I knew it. I knew it. Just like I knew I was supposed to go there. So nothing wrong happened, but I was hopeful that I would return because I really loved it there in Wiltshire. On the outskirts of Salisbury, such a beautiful place to live and be. I just loved it. Near my precious Stonehenge that I love so much. Just love the energy there. Just a few square miles of land that just feels like heaven to me on this earth. But going back to needs being provided for, so I I did find a home that met my needs and I did find the furnishings that met my needs and when it was time for me to go there I found the ways to to do everything that needed to be done and then I traveled for years stayed here and stayed there and When Spirit sent me to Hawaii, found a beautiful place to live in Hawaii. And again and again and again. I know I was living in a house here in Vermont when I first moved here that I thought I would buy. And the pandemic hit. And right after I moved in, the owners of the house who had 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 the house on the market for like seven years sold it. Even though I had said, I, I'm going to uh, buy this next year. I can't quite do it this year. I'll do it next year. And, um, but I have no regret. Like, I could regret, oh, I could have done it that year if I'd just gotten my act together. I don't live in that regret. I know that there is a perfection that's always being revealed. And... Yes, there are times when I think, oh, I wish I had said this or that to a person. I wish I had offered them comfort when I didn't realize um, blah, 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 things like that. But for the most part, what I'm getting at here is 
I'm aware that the Holy Spirit provides what I need. And I'm, I'm happy to keep my needs fairly small. I, I like it that way. I don't think I would like having a lot of property and a lot of things, although I would like, and I've mentioned it before, to have my own home. And just so I can fix it and decorate it and do those things the way I'd like. Um, And I am saving for that. And I thank the people that have actually made contributions and sent me something towards that end. And soon we're going to be launching the ad-free podcast. And the revenue from that will be my house fund. So um, you can continue to get the ad-full version of the podcast, but if you'd like to either just have ad-free or support my house fund, I'll tell you how to do that. You can look for it on, um, it's not ready yet, but it'll, it'll be ready. Uh, probably you'll see it at livingacourseofmiracles.com, jenniferhadley.com, both places. Yes. Well, I'm I'm coming up to my break here. And the main thing I want to say is it might seem impossible that the Holy Spirit could meet all your needs, that all of your needs will be met in God. And if you don't have it, maybe you don't need it. And maybe you just like to have it. And maybe having it would actually be detrimental because I find the things I'd like to have they do manifest some way or not uh, 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 other. But the things that would feed my ego, I don't want those things. I don't need those things. Better not to go down that road. I've done, done that trip, and I'm done with it. My name's Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. We're going to take a short break here and come right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. We're talking about the Holy Spirit as uh, written about in The Clarification of Terms. And I am, I was just before the break, I was talking about the needs, because this is what he's saying in paragraph four of this section about the Holy Spirit and the clarification of terms. Um, Talking about the Holy Spirit abides in the part of your mind that is part of the Christ mind. So the Holy Spirit is not outside of us. It's in our mind. It's in part of our mind. So to me, that's part of my my beingness. The Holy Spirit represents yourself with a capital S and your creator who are one. So uh, I'm one with the creator. You're one with the creator. The Holy Spirit is one with the creator because all is one with the creator. All that's real is one with the creator. Illusions 
they are just illusions, projections of the mind. The Holy Spirit speaks for God and also for you being joined with both. Now, this is important to me because I have come to recognize that myself is the I am that I am, is my eternal, perfect spirit, not my personality, not my body. As I've been saying lately, I have a body, but I am not my body. I have a personality, but I am not my personality. I am that I am. So the Holy Spirit speaks for God and also for you being joined with both. And therefore, it is the Holy Spirit who proves that all is one. It says it proves them one. The Holy Spirit seems to be a voice, for in that form, the Holy Spirit speaks God's word to you. So, I can say in my experience, the Holy Spirit does seem to be a voice at times. At other times, it feels like a presence rather than a voice. And what I've come to perceive, know, sense, is that I can really place my attention on the Holy Spirit that is in my mind. And if I am open, available, unafraid, then I can perceive that voice, feel that presence leading me, guiding me. The still small voice to me represents the Holy Spirit. He seems to be a guide through a far off country, a far country, for you need that form of help. The Holy Spirit seems to be a guide through a far country, for you need that form of help. The Holy Spirit seems to be whatever meets the needs you think you have. But the Holy Spirit is not deceived when you perceive yourself entrapped in needs you do not have. So, as I was going into the break, I was talking about my own experience of recognizing the difference between wants and needs. You could say, like, I want some ice cream, but I don't have a need for it. Uh, though sometimes maybe for some it could feel like a need. Uh, uh, there have been times when I thought I I really want or need a a place to rest. I need a place to stay for a couple of weeks. But I've come to see in all my experiences, and I I wouldn't argue with someone who had different experiences than me. But I, I've come to see that when I thought I had needs for things, that I actually didn't. The ego 
had the need. And I am not the ego. I am not my personality. Personality had perceived a need. But I am not my personality. I did not have the need. To me, these distinctions are valuable and helpful to me in not perceiving myself as a body, as an ego, as a personality, all of which seem to have needs. So I've also come to see that if there's something that I would really, really like, and it's so funny, I'm searching my mind, what are some things that you'd really, really like that you don't have, that you don't, that you feel you need. The only things that I can actually think of in recent years are feeling a need for peace on a particular situation. And that's a good thing. If there's turmoil, there's difficulty, stress and strain, feeling a need for peace is a good thing. It's the the mind that is reasonable and sane is looking for peace. The mind that's insane can't find it. And I have witnessed in my own experience of my own mind and my relationships and circumstances, etc., that when there has been turmoil, particularly in recent years, that I could work with the mind and get to the peace. And, of course, there is no other way. Peace is the way. There is no other way. But the way to peace is through the mind. It's not through situations and circumstances it's always going to be through the mind so I have come to truly value that my needs are met in God and that brings me tremendous peace so if I don't have a place to live or a place to stay maybe I don't need one right now and I can accept that that not having a place to live or to stay feels challenging and maybe that's just the challenge my mind needs in this moment. Maybe that's just the challenge that my mind needs in this moment. So oftentimes when we feel stressed and pressed, It is because we do perceive needs that we don't actually have. And when we are stressed and pressed, it's often to send us to the Holy Spirit, to Spirit, for the answer rather than trying to figure it out on our own. So tremendous amount of benefit that comes from going to spirit for all of our needs. Hmm. 
So the Holy Spirit is not deceived when you perceive yourself trapped, entrapped, in needs you do not have. It is from these entrapments the Holy Spirit would deliver you. It is from these that the Holy Spirit would make you safe. If you think about the development of trust section, that development of trust is all about surrendering our attachments, the things we think we need that are actually getting in the way of our happiness. When we trust so much in our own opinions, our judgments, our perceptions and projections, we get lost in a house of mirrors, and we can't see what's really what. And, for instance, there's somebody that thinks they need something, you know, it could be anything like a a necklace or a particular kind of a car that's a status symbol, or they need to have a home on a particular street because of the status that brings These are not things we actually need. They are the kinds of things that are entrapments, as he's discussing here. So what we really need is to break free of those ego entrapments, and that's where the Holy Spirit will help us and is intent on keeping us safe from those things. So when there are difficulties in our life, If we can relax the mind for even a moment and say, how is this helpful to me? How is this helpful to me? Then we might be able to get that answer, how it could possibly be helpful to us. In my experience, if I don't really want the answer, all I would like is to have the suffering stop. But the answer is not something I'm truly interested in because I think that the answer is going to mean a sacrifice, then I may not be receptive to the answer. Therefore, I may not even recognize that there is an answer being given to me. And that's a common thing for people, that they don't recognize the guidance, the inspiration that they're being given because they don't like what it's telling them. Jesus tells us in the Course, you don't even know what will make you happy, so stop thinking that you do. I found that to be very true and very helpful. Good advice, good guidance. Mhm. So the in the manual for teachers the section development of trust is all about recognizing the things that aren't helpful that we have come to believe they are helpful or we do need them when we actually do not. Mhm. And so much suffering dissolves when we are willing to release the attachments to the things that cause suffering. And attachments themselves cause suffering. The last paragraph here says, 
you are the Holy Spirit's manifestation in this world. Remember, that's where he started. Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You are the Holy Spirit's manifestation in this world. Your brother calls to you to be the Holy Spirit's voice along with him. Alone, your brother cannot be the helper of God's Son, for he alone is functionless. So that's it. We, working together, giving up the special relationships, opening our mind to the holy relationships, here is where the healing happens. Here is where the Holy Spirit can be so productive, so laser-like. One of the best tools ever for me, I've said this a thousand times, was being able to say, Holy Spirit, take these thoughts out of my mind so I never think them again. When I found myself obsessing over judgments, opinions, attack thoughts, complaints, doesn't matter who or where it was directed, but knowing that these are attack thoughts, these thoughts are not helpful to me. Holy Spirit, take them out of my mind so I never think them again. When we're truly willing, that's what can occur. And uh, if I were going to give one piece of advice, it would be for folks to recognize that the Holy Spirit is our very best friend in this world, that the Holy Spirit can help us do everything in terms of our awakening, our healing, moving out of the suffering mind, into the healed mind, everything, everything, everything can actually be done by the Holy Spirit and our willingness is the only requirement. But if we have this belief, as many do, that giving up the things that we're attached to would cause us suffering, then we won't do it. So that's why trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. We have to learn to trust the Holy Spirit. So here's the solution to that. Holy Spirit, show me how to trust you. Holy Spirit, teach me how to trust you. Holy Spirit, teach me how to trust love. Holy Spirit, teach me how to trust God. Whatever the... the true desire is give it over to the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit teach me to be happy Holy Spirit teach me to be helpful Holy Spirit teach me how I can best serve the light Holy Spirit show me teach me I am willing that's all we don't have to articulate it any more than that Holy Spirit, take these crazy thoughts out of my mind. Holy Spirit, help me release all my attachments to suffering. I used to have deep attachments 
to suffering because I felt I deserved to be punished, because I believed I was essentially bad. These are thought patterns that can be released, and when they are released, the suffering ends. It does. It truly does. You are the Holy Spirit's manifestation in this world, and your brother calls to you to be the Holy Spirit's voice along with him. Alone, your brother, your sister cannot be the helper of God's Son, for he alone is functionless. But joined with you, he is the shining Savior of the world, whose part in its redemption you have made complete. Your brother offers thanks to you as well as him, for you arose with him when he began to save the world, and you will be with him when time is over, and no trace remains of dreams of spite in which you dance to death's thin melody. For in its place, the hymn to God is heard a little while, and then the voice is gone, no longer to take form, but to return to the eternal formlessness of God. Mm-hmm. Now, in chapter 5, the first section is entitled, the chapter 5 of the text, the first section is entitled, The Invitation to the Holy Spirit. And in paragraph 3, Jesus says, I have said already that I can reach up and bring the Holy Spirit down to you, but I can bring him to you only at your own invitation. The Holy Spirit is in your right mind, as he was in mine. The Bible says, may the mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, and uses this as a blessing. It is the blessing of miracle-mindedness. It asks that you may think, as I thought, joining with me in Christ thinking. So, and and this, he, he actually prefaces all that by saying, let us start our process of reawakening with just a few simple concepts. So reaching to the Holy Spirit, as I said, I think uh, I've said this so many times that I think one of the biggest issues spiritual students have is that they don't feel worthy of divine guidance, inspiration, intuition. And so that divine direction is not what they're seeking. They're still trying to figure it out themselves because they feel unworthy of the love of God. So if we can just say, all are worthy, I am worthy, and therefore I am going to go to God for assistance. Think of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, when he returns home to his father's house, he becomes aware that there was no moment in time when his family thought he was unworthy of their love and their welcoming. But right before he went home, he was working like to his one of his jobs was to like feed the pigs, the worst possible position for a young Jewish man is to be living and working with pigs. 
the lowest of the low, and he recognized that the pigs ate better than he did. That's how low he had fallen. And remember, this is a, a story. It's a, it's a metaphor for our experience. So the prodigal son realizes, I could go home to my father's house and be a servant there, and I would be better off. And so he makes up his mind to go and do that. And to me, this is our story. We fall to the lowest rank in our own mind, and then we say, let me be a servant in my father's house. I'll be better off. And so when we reach to the Holy Spirit in the way that I'm talking about, it is like returning home the prodigal son returning home to the father. It is like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz going home to to uh, Kansas. So this is the invitation to the Holy Spirit that we're we're offering here. The Holy Spirit is the only part of the Holy Trinity that has a symbolic function. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the healer, the comforter, and the guide. He is also described as something separate, apart from the Father and from the Son. I myself said, if I go, I will send you another comforter, and he will abide with you. Okay, so that's what Jesus said when he walked the earth. If I go, I will send you another comforter, and he will abide with you. And then in the clarification of terms, that's what he's saying he did. When he left this earth and he made his ascension, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. So we can see the consistency there. Oh, my gosh. Well, we could take this further, but it's time for me to wrap up. I'd like to mention that if you are interested in being a spiritual teacher or you already are, you're a counselor, anyone that is interested in inspiring people with a message, I have a free webinar for you, Inspire More People, and we have an upcoming class about creating and leading workshops. We're offering more and more professional programs for those who would like to do what I do or some version of it. I am so interested in giving people the support, the leg up, the tips and the tools so that they can also share this message of wholeness and beauty so, so good. You can still join us and change your mind about your body, too. Hello. Lots of details at jenniferhadley.com. I place my hand in my heart, and I give thanks for the love of God that shines forever in our mind. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen. I love you. God bless you.